We're coming in hot with inspiring guests, witty banter, and colorful commentary for today's veterans and military community. This is the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. They call me crazy because I'm facing all my giants. They try to scare me into thinking I can't fight it. They tell me I should never even think of trying. But that's just me. I'm going to live out in defiance. Welcome back to the Tango Alpha Lima Experience. I'm Jeff Daly of Michigan Daly's currently on uh, assignment in Los Angeles, 20-year assignment so far. It's working out. Ashley, how are you? How are you now? Good and you? Great. Wow. Okay. Well, I wanted to sneak a, a Letterkenny reference in there. You know? You're sneaking a Letterkenny reference in there because yes, I posted a link recently on my page, never seen the show, not a frame of it. And somebody else posted them making fun of Los Angeles. And I thought to myself, wow, I feel attacked. I need to put this <laughs> put this out here. And the two things they made fun of us for, I probably said to you, yeah, we gotta get, we gotta get tacos here. We gotta get tacos here in LA. And I almost, I think I kind of say it how they said it a lot. You got to come to LA and if you LA. have no taco unless you've had a taco in LA. LA and then it was hiking and it's like you don't know a hike until you've hiked in LA hiking 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 running canyon and I've been on running canyon and I've eaten tacos, tacos. and, and the LA. tall guy what's his name oh uh, Wayne 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 said and I'm going to edit for the children he said all this talk about tacos and hiking. Why don't you have tacos while you're hiking? You bleep and bleep hole. And and now that's I'm getting a group of people. We are going to have tacos on a hike in Los Angeles. So there you go, Letter Kenny. There you go. Challenge accepted, Wayne. So proud of a. And I need to give I need to give Holly that clip for the. Oh. For the links because it's he does they make they blit they they really make fun of los angeles that's really right? good it's and I so felt good attacked. i felt attacked <laughs> uh, well, let's think too i was like i got the text from you and then i was like bro i'm not on facebook all the time like ever and then like five days later i saw it and i laughed hysterically i was like this is gold i'm glad i waited till today to look at this <laughs> and so we're in we're in November. We have fall weather. It's amazing. How are you? How are you liking it? You can say um, it. You I can say it. What? You can say it. Look at Holly. Sweater weather. There you go. You said it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has. You keep adding to your basic resume every day. I know. You know, <laughs> there's just certain things I do. I'm proud of. It is what it is. But I know as we get into it, I have a really awkward, awkward story for us all today. If we lean, as we lean into topic one, I don't know if you are you ready for this. I, I yeah, I think yeah, that yeah. I am because I, I I find a lot of situations that you put me in as awkward. So I'm, you're I'm, welcome. Yay! I'm, I'm really curious. Comfortable being see. uncomfortable. I'm curious right. to see what you think is extraordinarily worth mentioning. Level of, of awkward. Okay. All right, let's not waste any more time because I want to get into. I want to hear this. This is actually, I'm already uncomfortable. <laughs> Congress wants Americans to. Oh, I'm not reading this. What am I doing? Ooh, ooh, ooh. I don't know. You're making it awkward. You're making it awkward, bud. It's already awkward. Go ahead, ooh, my friend. Okay. 
All right. So Congress wants America to thank veterans in the most awkward way possible, according to military.com. When thank you for your service usually comes from a well-meaning civilian, veterans often fumble for an appropriate or respectful response, saying thank you or, you know, saying thank you to a thank you seems awkward and saying you're welcome feels a bit pompous, a little pompous, right? I say you're welcome all the time. It is what it is, but I digress. So imagine having to reply when someone says, thank you for our freedom, as if you're Captain America personally dealing, (laughs) I'm so sorry, this is hilarious, dealing death to terrorists and various supervillains. No matter how awkward that might feel to veterans, two members of Congress seem to think that the highfalutin highfalutin phrase should be the official way to thank vets and want to make it official (laughs) oh god so bad it's also a michigan guy too (laughs) and california and california's double daily dose right now all right (laughs) representatives jack bergman Republican Michigan and J. Lewis Korea, Korea, uh, Democrat California introduced a resolution in the House of Representatives on September 29th to replace thank you for your service with thank you for our freedom, despite neither phrase having an official status of any kind in U.S. law or policy. As a nation, we have an obligation to support the brave men and women of our armed forces who risk their lives to protect the freedom of the American people and our allies, Bergman said in a press release that related a 70-year-old story that inspired him to actually introduce the idea when we all had better things to be doing. The U.S. military faces a number of high-profile problems. All branches are struggling to meet many requirements, such as, you know, the U.S. Army. And they're they're recommending food stamps to their folks. So, you know, and then you got Fort Hood. It's still an evolving tragedy. Just to name a few of the real issues Congress should probably be considering fixing. But hey, y'all, thank you for our freedom. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm paraphrasing that, excuse moi, but... So I think that I'm embarrassed twice, <laughs> somebody from Michigan and somebody from California. Uh, this is bipartisan oh. idiocy. And it's it's crazy. This is crazy to me. And here's the thing. Thank you for our freedom is so politically triggering. You know, we have vets that would say things like, we're not free anymore. We got to wear a mask. So if someone says, thank you for our freedom to them, they're going to, we're not free. What are you talking about? There's no freedom. We're living in a fascist society. Uh, that's what, that's all this would bring up. So extreme. So extreme. Or I, you know, a, a Supreme Court decision comes out. Some, no one's going to say, thank you for our freedom. They're going, we're not free. Like anything that's negative means we're not free anymore. So I, I just think that this, 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 and plus it's pointless. It's a moot point. There's, it's There's just guided. so many other things that could be addressed and time and resources and money spent. I wonder if these are first termers that could like, be significant to talk about. I'm just saying, look, what, what do you typically say when someone thanks you for your service, Jeff? I tell them for you, I'd do it all over again. Oh, that's, that's cute. I like that. I usually say it's a pleasure to serve. Yeah. 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 I find that that one is very, it's a pleasure to serve or you're worth it. 
depending on who I'm talking to. Well, I also, I also, it does depend the caveat on who yours. It does depend on who you're talking to. Something I'm just, I go, how do you even know it was honorable? You don't know anything about my service. I could have been mm. a dirt bag the whole time and not worthy of mm. your thanks. All right, but we're, <laughs> but clearly Thank they know you, the United States Marine and all we are is worthy. So let's move on. Are we done with this topic? Yes, are we gonna, yes please. Are we going to write on. our, are we going to write our legislators to vote for this or not? father i i know hey thank you for our freedom thank you for our freedom i would do it all over again just it's a pleasure to defend your freedom yeah from this from the silo i walked around in iowa during peacetime thank you for our freedom (laughs) (laughs) i can't i'm trying to keep a straight face right now I you know, thinking- they probably put so much time and effort and all their interns are probably bustling around like, this is it. This is the workshopped idea. And the California guy's going to call me and cuss me out. All right. Today, though, <laughs> you know what? You know who doesn't do frivolous litigation? Uh, not litigation. What are you calling? Words. When you're, when you're making a bill and turning into a law. Legislation, yes, they don't do frivolous legislation, is Chelsea Porterfield. Today, that's who we're going to be joined by. She recently retired from the U.S. Army, where she served as a platoon sergeant in the 3rd U.S. Infantry Regiment, the Old Guard. During her four years there, she became the first woman to lead a marching element onto Arlington. She became the 38th Sergeant of the Guard, and in 2021... She became the fifth woman to earn her Tomb Guard identification badge. We're going to be right back. I can't tell you where she is, but we're going to be right back with Chelsea Porterfield right after this break. Raising money for your American Legion programs has never been so easy. Terry Lynn Fundraising offers customized fundraising programs, dedicated support, discounts and incentives, and premium products for your members to sell. We're talking delicious nuts, confections, and snack mixes that will keep your supporters coming back for more. You can see how simple and effective Terry Lynn can be to use for your next fundraiser when you request a free tasting sample at terrylynn.com al. Check it out and get ready to have the most successful fundraiser yet. Visit terrylynn.com al. If you were stationed at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1987, you and your family may be victims of toxic water poisoning. Cancers, birth defects, deadly illnesses have all been linked to the contaminated water. With passage of the PACT Act, the government is ready to be held accountable. You could be awarded financial compensation for your suffering, but you must act now. Get your free case review. Call True Law at 833 833- 686-4242-833-686-4242 or visit justicecamplejeune.com slash TAL before seeking any legal representation regarding the Camp Lejeune Justice Act. Make sure you speak with a department service officer of the American Legion to better understand your rights. As promised, we are here with Chelsea Porterfield. I just thought to myself, what a great new look for the old guard you must have been. So thank you so much for being on our show. You probably do this all the time. Uh, thank you for having me. And I don't, I don't. I would, I specifically would, 
reserved to have um, podcasts. I do get a lot of crust, but I, I'm a veteran, uh, and I think veteran organizations, just like the American Legion, um, the VFW, and all you know, local local chapters that support the youth of America. That's going to be the next generation. Uh, you guys are 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 my peoples. So when it comes to when it comes to podcasts, I would I would much rather prefer to give you guys my time. Well, we appreciate we appreciate your time, and uh, it's not fair, but this is how it works. Ashley always gets asked the first question, but we are gonna make sure she asks one question because sometimes she'll go, "Well, I want to peel back the onion and talk about this and this and this," and uh, then I go, "I don't have any questions left to ask." So, Ashley. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Yay. And she's a little under the weather. I am just a little bit. Just a little bit. Nothing a lot of cold medicine can't fix, though. All the above. above. Just drink water, right? It's the army way. Drink water. So don't listen to that. Fake, fake. (laughs) (laughs) Liquid IV and water. That's those are my two (laughs) things right now. Um but Chelsea, really appreciate you. I'm definitely uh definitely a fangirl. I've I've been watching and absolutely love everything about the old guard. And I would love for you to tell our alphas out there all about the beginnings of your, you know, military career and uh, leading up to, uh, you know, your experience in the old guard. Ah, uh, the beginning, like from the start. No, cliff note, cliff notes are fine. You know, don't, don't feel like you have to tell me uh, so everything, but the highlights. Yeah. All right. Okay, now we're doing military bios. All right, I was born in, that's like a long time ago. So I spent the first seven years in Germany. That was my first duty country. Um, but while I was there, I was in Baumholder, Hanau, and Heidelberg. And out of those three locations, I deployed to Israel, Iraq twice, and Afghanistan. Um, and I came out of Germany and was put on the trail here at Leonardwood. And this was my first time to Fort Leonardwood in 2009. So I started being a drill sergeant. I was E5. You know, I didn't know how to manage a, a checkbook, let alone, you know, 60 people. So self-development came really quick. Um, it was a really good assignment. I wouldn't coin it as my best, but definitely it is a really good assignment to be a United States Army drill sergeant and lead the future soldiers. Mm-hmm. Um, post drill sergeant duty, I went to Korea for one year. I went to Hawaii afterwards and met up with my husband. We spent three years there. And then after Hawaii, we came back to Leonardwood and this is our second time at the time. Uh, I had my son, I was an instructor for the military police career course and officer uh, Bullock B. Um, We did that for two years and I came down on assignment for the third infantry regiment uh, where we both, he went up to military Washington headquarters and I started my ceremonial process uh, in the old guard in December of 2017. 
So I didn't know, like, when you get to the old guard, you get your sword and saber, right? If you're an officer or a senior NCO, and I found it quite an effort to get qualified on that. Like, do I have weapons qualification? You know, I'm not going to an assault course or bayonet course. Like, no, no, you gotta get ceremonially certified. But um, yeah, that's part of the precepts. But that was the that was my first introduction. Like, oh, I have to actually use this. You know, it's not just an NCO gift when people get out of the service. Like, I actually yeah. am going to use this sword to do stuff. Nice. <laughs> I hope you cut cake with it. Um, I was just thinking that I was like. Add that on the list. Must cut cake yeah. with sword. Must cut cake with yours. Yeah. You want to sword. Yeah. Yeah. No. My son, my son plays with it. So but. whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's not sharp. It's not sharp. It's not sharp okay. at all. I was like, whoa. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, super producer Holly just interjected. She wanted me to remind the alphas out there. Actually, I'm not reminding them. They're learning this for the first time. Chelsea is in an undisclosed location. She drove there in her vehicle. Uh, internet is sketchy. She will sometimes look a little like choppy, but that's all by design. So you cannot figure out where she is. Uh, she sounds ops. great. She sounds great, but she looks like Mr. Roboto sometimes. And uh, but that's it's a security measure. Don't don't worry for her safety. Uh, so Chelsea, I learned a lot about the Tomb Guard. I don't know if you were there. Um, I, I'm on Boys Nation staff, and we take them there every year. And uh, we had somebody prep us and all of that. But I, I learned most about from a common friend that we share, uh, Ethan Morse. He was also a guest on uh, our show. He's in my American Legion post here, Hollywood Post Forty Three, no commercial. And uh, and actually, one of the first things I saw when I got to my post was the documentary that he made and it was really exciting to go down there and uh we got like three of us to go back where you guys are prepping your stuff like where tourists don't get to go and it's so impressive uh the fact that i know that you did that instantly elevates your stature to me like you the drill instructor thing is amazing the um and i'm a marine and i'm always like army whatever they're whatever their uniforms or whatever and these guys you use guys are making your own ribbons and medals cutting out the like that's completely different experience from the rest of your army experience i'm assuming oh absolutely um lots of learning well so luckily i wasn't i didn't um I already I grew up with a mother who was like MacGyver slash Martha Stewart slash Tim the Toolman Taylor. So there was like there wasn't anything that we we could turn nothing into something. Like that was just how we were raised. Mm -hmm. And luckily going into that and learning how to do all of the things that they do to their uniform, like gutting it, sewing it, hand. I was like, oh, I could, this is, this is something I knew how to do, uh, but I'm going to show you guys how to do this and do this and add, you know, 
um, interfacing to the jacket and do some of these things. There was, I had a really hard time uh, with my holster and it, usually that's a, that's a hard time for some people making a holster because you're actually doing fiberglass work uh, and it takes a process. So if you can think of handcrafting a car bumper, you know, but in a smaller compact way for a pistol, that's $20,000, you know, so uh, that's a, and then make it shiny, no less, with zero scratches. It's a, it's a longer process. That takes a long time. And by the time I figured it out, uh, after dropping it a couple of times and restarting, dropping it again and restarting, um, I think that was probably my biggest struggle was the holster piece. And mm -hmm. oddly enough, for a walker, the, the e-form below, their scabbards are the same. Soldiers take a while. Um, they put close to 800 hours into getting that thing to outside expectations. I, yeah. I, I, I often miss a belt loop, so I probably, uh, <laughs> I probably wouldn't be, I probably wouldn't be good for the, the tomb guard thing. So just for throwback to ask you, so you, you do know, so you do know Ethan. I do. Yep. And um, I don't. Uh, do you participate in in stuff like that outreach to the community so that people know more about what you all do and what you all are about? I do absolutely. Um, we have a our nonprofit organization, which is uh, TombGuard.org, Society of the Honor Guard, Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Um, and with our mission, which is education-based, uh, and it's to educate the American public on the history of the unknowns, Arlington National History or Arlington National Cemetery, um, and Tomb Guard and the testing process, um, and what it means to be a Tomb Guard because it's perfection. A lot of people think that it's. Uh, uh, about the tomb guard but it, it you know it isn't it's about going out and becoming better and making other people better just be better the next day you know improve and enhance your community and um that's part of the education mission so through the society uh you can request a brief virtually or in person and if we have tomb guards all over the world if it's within your state it's really easy to do them in person here locally, since I just moved back out of retire or moved back from DC, um, I haven't gotten my foot into the foothold yet of our local places to put up our flyers. Um, so they knew, they know. And I, it's a different community too. So knowing your, your uh, sociological advantages, I guess you can say, and disadvantages to, to where you need to start infiltrating <laughs> so I don't have that information yet. I got to start like assessing where I'm gonna go first well, I hope they're ready for you because well, I don't know you're hard Hollywood no they're not ready for me apparently that's why I'm still an unknown actor um, I'm waiting for them to get ready I'm not waiting oh. to be discovered yeah 
Well, yeah, that's my perspective and I'm sticking to it. All right, wow. actually. Okay. Well, it's interesting, Jeff, that you have a, a connection to Chelsea. So I don't, this actually, this, so this would have been about, this would have been like almost a year, year and a half ago now, but I remember being at, a, I can't remember what particular event, um, but I got a tour from a Sergeant Silva. Oh, and um, so Gabriel Silva, I was chatting with him and I was like, I'm like super giddy. I'm working on this like artwork. I'm doing a bunch of stuff at the Women's Memorial. And then he was like, oh my gosh, you got to meet Chelsea. And I remember him calling like, he was like, oh yeah, no problem. He just like got on the phone. I remember that. Do you yeah, remember this? I, yeah. Got on the phone. I was like, oh yeah, I got someone here who wants to meet with you. And I was like, whoa, Sarge, like that's, that's she's probably busy. It's okay. And he's like, Oh no, 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 she's fine. She's not busy. I'm like, you sure. You know that? I, do I do remember that Wait, there was an event. It was, I think it was leading up to the veterans day, mm -hmm. veterans day week. There was like something going on that week. I, I think I was prepping, prepping uniform stuff. I don't know what I was, I was doing something with uniforms because I was in my bees. And um, he's like, hey, can you come up to this playroom so I want to meet you? And I was like, hold on. So I like, put, hung my shirt up and my hat. I was like, this is mine. I'll be right up. And uh, and I came up. I do remember that. Yeah, I was, like, the, I was just like, yeah. I got, yeah, that was that was my fangirl moment. And I was like, Sergeant Silva, you're going to get in trouble. He's like, no, it's great. She loves, she loves meeting other people. I'm like, okay, that's wonderful. <laughs> but, you know, it, in regards to, you know, your, your inspiration to earn your, your tomb, like your badge, you know, um, I think a lot of people don't fully understand the rigor of that, of that process. I would love for you to be able to break that down Barney style for folks, because it's such a high honor. It's just such a prestige. And, you know, as an army gal myself, like that entire mm, I would just love for you to kind of break that down a little bit more about like yeah. your inspiration to earn that badge. So as you accepted that, I'm assuming whatever orders, you know, we were, you were cut with, right. Um, that led you to that point because you were a part of some pretty, you know, monumental moments. Um, I don't mistake it. There was a first full exchange um, between all women. You were a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you want to do you want to know the testing process or me accepting the position both Test, testing Deep process one question i know i have such a hard time with this i'm so excited, <laughs> so, excited. so we'll, we'll do i'll start with the testing process um it's a little it's it's not different for anybody the difference is by one day and the one day is a is a 24-hour assessment um, for staff sergeants and above, um, the 24 hour assessment really isn't needed. Now, keep in mind too, the testing process or the assessment and the two week, that two week period, it could be three weeks. It's based on Manning and it's also based on mission requirements. But as far as the testing itself and the standards, they stay the same. They may rename them over the years or change, you know, the checklists that we go off of over the years. 
but the the end state is still the same. So I'm going to speak on behalf of what it was when I was there. I just have to clarify that because it's changed over the course of, you know, 86 years now, um, or however you want to say it. So uh, for E5 and below, there was a 24-hour assessment selection. And that 24-hour assessment and selection assessed the ability to sustain a day in a life of a Tungar. Uh, and it started with a PT test, which would simulate PT in the morning at five. Um, and then it would go to a uniform inspection at eight. Uh, and then after that, myself and three other members would hold a star interview with the, the people that or the soldiers or NCOs that are trying for the platoon. And that star interview basically encompassed the, the character attributes that we were looking for at the tomb. Uh, while we were asking these questions and discussing some of the failures, it's very important to talk about failures going in because there's gonna be a lot of it. And, and if you can understand where someone's coming from or who was a staple in their family growing up or where they're coming from growing up, uh, and what they've done in the military, then you can kind of start doing placement, you know, and who's going to be paired with this person to help them be successful. So after the STAR interview and understanding the attributes they hold and see if they align with the ones we want, um, they're given the first three pages of knowledge and they get four hours to pack, four hours to memorize the first three pages. And then after that, it's a bunch, it's Kim's games, uh, followed through with some team building exercises. Uh, and then they start reciting the knowledge and they we go through and, and learn some of the locations. And then they get released after 26 hours because one shift is 26 hours. So it's, it's, to, it's just to annotate and introduce and see one, how much care they're gonna put into memorizing the first initial pages of knowledge because that's what you're gonna get on your next testing phase um, and same with how much you really care about your uniform uh, at the basic level and then after that the individuals that are still standing they go into a two-week period of testing and that's what we call TDY um, it's just a two-week 12 hour 12 hours a day same pillars outside uniform and knowledge the difference is that now you have seven pages um, Uniform inspections the same. The only difference is you have fewer deficiencies you're allowed to have. And then outside performance is now added. So now you're being taught the sequence of coming on and coming off of walking your 21 steps. Um, you, are, you will articulate and recite the seven pages as printed. You're allowed 11 deficiencies. Um, a deficiency could be a pluralized word it could be a missing word that would change the context of a sentence it could be a missing sentence it could be something that changed the context or the end state of the communication right um that's the only oral test the rest are written from that point forward Uniform inspection, you're allowed 22 deficiencies. A deficiency would be a measurement that is different by one of a 64th of an inch. 
Um, that's one deficiency. And if you have quite a lot of stuff to put on, then you're, you're racking them up really quick. Um, and then outside, you have one major deficiency. So if you move wrong, you know, step wrong, that's a deficiency. So once you pass TDY, then you're now assigned to a release. So myself and Lieutenant Cass at the time, we took our assessment uh, for our STAR exam and we, or a STAR interview and we figured out where these people, manning aside, uh, would be best successful and who their trainer should be, right? Um, we placed them within the relief. A relief is a squad made up of a regular size squad and they work shift work, 26 hours on, 24 off. And then from that point forward, it's OJT, on the job training. So before they actually go outside in front of people, it could be up to two months, right? They have to start earning because you no longer have seven pages of knowledge. You now have 11 pages of knowledge and you're gonna write that as printed. Um, and as printed is as printed and you have fewer deficiencies. So instead of 11, now you're down to you know six. Um, uniform inspection is the same. Instead of 22, now you're down to four or five. Uh, outside is zero, but this time you're just gonna be graded throughout the day on different sequences. It could be a wreath, it could be a brief, uh, you know, not a, a brief, it could be a wreath, it could be walking, it could be changing, it could be, you know, um, a silent guard change. It could be something of that nature. It's just at that point, you should have a basic knowledge of those things. And then test two, that's test one. So test two is the same, except you have uh, 17 pages of knowledge and it's written as printed um, on like white printer paper. I'll tell you, that one was the hardest test for me. Like the hardest part for me. That was the hardest. I'm just, part. I'm having a hard time keeping up. I'm like, how many, how many pages are we at memorized? I'm, yeah. I have a hard One's, time. One sixty fourth uh, of an inch. Once. Yeah. One six. Can we, yeah. can we talk about that? Like that's, that's intense. Like the, the entire process you're describing is just so heavy and rigor and formality and like everything you're saying is you got to be at the top of the top of the top. Like you, you're taught, so there's, there's not like, nobody wants anyone to fail. You know, the people that come down there, some people come down there for, you know, fame or attention or the badge or, but they get weeded out really quickly. They weed, they self-select. Like mm -hmm. nobody in the platoon has to, they just lose the will and the want to drive or motivate or self-motivate. Um, there's something I would tell everybody when they come down, I'm like, look, you have this is my initial brief on the assessment selection and the staff. Like, look, you have wants and you have needs. And while you're going through this, you have to decide personally what you want and then what you need to do to be successful here. I've given you everything you need to be successful. I'm not gonna hold your hand through this process. There's not gonna be anyone here that's gonna tell you when to shine your shoes, when to make your uniform, when to do these things, you have to do it on your own and figure out how to juggle your life. Don't worry, we will help you with that part. But like, 
you have to want to do this. And usually the job takes a hold of you and, and it kind of like turns on you. And next thing you know, you're like, I want to do all of these things. I want to do these things. Like you can't, you can't go to sleep until you shine your things. You know, it's like a, a right. obsessive type thing. It's pretty bad. So I, when I hear you say 164th of an inch, the furthest I'm going to go is measure twice, cut once. And, uh, and, and that's like, and deficiencies galore. I would only have one deficiency in the 11 pages though, because you said you could miss some sections. I would miss the whole thing. And I think that's one deficiency. I'm good. <laughs> no? No is nothing. That doesn't work no. like that doesn't work like no. that. All right. No. Now, I do want to. I do. I want to make sure. Like, like literally, I could talk to you about every single day of your time at the tomb. Like, what'd you guys eat? With was the weather that day? Um, but I. But I would be remiss if we didn't get some. Uh, be the one time in. I don't know if you're mm -hmm. familiar with that program that we have. Um, and since you are and whether you want to admit it or not you probably deny it but uh you're you're a role model type of a human being and you take care of people oh, don't roll your eyes at me i will I tell your dogs and your goats to misbehave i will do that <laughs> i don't think i won't um and it's it's about it's about uh, be the one to reach out to someone when they're struggling uh, veterans specifically be the one to lend a listening ear because I, I I've read here and you're you're open about it so I don't I don't think that um yeah. I'm yeah, anything, yeah. that you had some you you had some struggles yourself that you got through and um, and I would love to hear uh, some some words of encouragement and uh, and your survival story. So that I okay. I think um, I will start with first. There's a lot of people probably like myself at the time that was saying uh just you know push it to the back I'm not going to think about it today I'll think about it tomorrow or let me let me get a drink or let me take the edge off with this pill you know so with depression and suicide there's always addiction there's an addiction element um Oddly enough, my addiction was work. So I got to throw myself face first in everybody's problems but my own and fix all their stuff. Uh, at one point in my life, leading up to this, years before my son and husband, addiction was a problem. Addiction to alcohol because the culture and climate supported it. Um, and I think that, I think people are lying to themselves whenever they talk about the addiction connection with suicide because you're just trying to get rid of the now right and just muffle it down so the surviving aspect there's times in your life when guilt is going to lead 
and shame is also going to leave. So guilt and shame are self-manufactured. So when you get to this point and you're in your head and you're crying or you're having a panic attack or you're coming up with your plans inadvertently, right? Or they're just popping in your head. Um, those are led by extreme guilt and extreme shame of something, right? That's not a natural emotion. That's not anything that you naturally create internally. It's not a natural, it's a self-imposed emotion. So surviving, asking for help because no one noticed it in me. So I had to actually ask for help. Surviving, asking for help. I want everyone, I want people listening to know that it's not going away the next day. And it's not going away the day after that or two weeks from there. You may ask for help and you may trick yourself into thinking you're okay the next day because you asked for help and you got a Band-Aid and you talked to somebody. But suicide will always be in your narrative. Once it's introduced into your mind at some point, it's always going to be there. It's going to be a part of you. It's just going to be part of who you are as a human. The important thing is that you have self-accountability. And when I had to go through, when I came out of inpatient, there was no bigger embarrassment than having to go face my soldiers and my command as a non-infantry senior female NCO in an infantry regiment. That's what I was looking at. I was like, oh, I'm going to hear, I told you so. I'm going to hear this is why, because she, you know, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to feed a narrative that I have created in my own mind. Um, and that wasn't the case. The case was, it, they were accepting, they were supportive. And even if they weren't, I still owed it to myself and I owed it to the people that I cared for, which were my soldiers, to have self-accountability. Once you have self-accountability and understand that you require self-development and don't own blame on just healthcare providers, you still have to work at it. Um, that's just the healthcare provider, medication, if that is a thing, and then self-accountability, you have to accept all three and work really hard every day and understand that you got you owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your kids. You owe it to your country. Hmm. You don't owe it the you owe it to your country to do this. Like you've done everything that they've asked. Don't give up now. They're not asking you to quit. They're asking you to continue on. Mm -hmm. Not, you owe it to your battle buddies, left and right, personal accountability. You may not like any of them, but they're not permanent. <laughs> like, they're not permanent. They don't sign your paycheck, but you owe it. You owe it to the Vietnam service members. You owe it. To World War II service members, you owe it to World War One service members, because Johnny from Apple Tree Way in some small town 
of Ames, Iowa, you know, had to go at the age of 17 in the trenches of France, no choice, and never came home. You owe it to them to be a better person. That's just my opinion, and that's was that's what kept me going, aside from my son. I see my son all the time now, which is amazing. And this is something my husband and I go through and we talk about. We self-develop all, all the time. We're talking, we, our favorite thing is to research neuroscience. Neuroscience and how the body reacted to certain things like coffee, you know, or um, alcohol. Alcohol is a terrible, terrible uh, legal substance. It really is. It is a terrible gateway uh, to making these decisions. You're not in your right mind, but it, all it does is free up your ability to have enough drive, I guess you could say. But that's my rant. Personal accountability. You owe it to your country. You owe it. You owe it to the people before you, and you owe it to yourself because people that the soldiers that came back from Vietnam. They got spit on, they got cast away, that were living in some trailer park somewhere because America hated them. They had to deal with that by themselves. You owe it to yourself to become better and yes. then help this next generation. <laughs> wow, if I, if I knew where your secret location was, I'd come hand you a mic so you could drop it because <laughs> that was... That was a uninter uninterruptible PSA that should be should be played on primetime television or streaming because nobody watches television. Um, I no, I really do appreciate that. And Super producer Holly reminded me, but I, I I kind of felt that you did it on your own. Um, but the 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 part of your story where. You said that the narrative that you said that you thought was going to happen to you didn't happen to you and that they were all being very supportive that's really the basis of the be the one is um, that people need to be like the people in your platoon were for you uh, and and we need to get rid of the stigma that's what um holly wanted me to make sure to highlight the the stigma of now you, you're a drill sergeant. You do everything. Yep. So you, you didn't, you didn't give a shit. Sorry, I always get mad yeah. when I when Ashley curses. But so you did, you, you didn't care about the, um, you didn't care. You, you said, I'm the most important. I'm gonna ask for help, and but other people are are really fearful of the stigma, and I hope that our be the one campaign can help get rid of it. So here's, have you, have you thought of it this way? Probably not. Have you, have you looked smart. at the stigma? Oh, I'm not that smart either, but the stigma that's out there, I don't believe is with, right, the younger generation. They're fully supportive of this. The me generation, our for Gen, they're getting behind it. It's a, it's a hard time. There's still some of us out there roaming around because we train, deploy, redeploy, train, deploy, redeploy. Like it was just a cycle. Like there was no reset. You know what I mean? Um, and then you have the older generation. They're backing it 100%. They are, they're supporting it as well. This, this stigma that I don't think people talk about 
is their own self-imposed stigma, right? When I said, told you so, you know what I mean? Um, I'm thinking I'm going to feed a narrative of I told you so, which nobody has said that. No one said that to me. Hmm. No one outwardly ever said that to me. We, I did have soldiers that went through behavioral health. No one outwardly ever said anything to me about my soldiers. I never said that to them. Sometimes when I was younger, I did believe I did trauma compare, but that's because that was my ignorance of not knowing. Trauma comparing, which is goes to filling that same stigma of, oh, I can't. I'm a drill sergeant. I'm supposed to be this. Oh, I can't. I'm a ranger. I have to be part of this, you know, battalion or whatever, or I'm special forces. I can't be weak. You're in your own way, guy. Everybody's weak in some, some shape or form. And you can't trauma compare. You can't say, but they have it worse. It doesn't matter. Trauma's trauma is trauma. Mm-hmm. I always think about the turn of phrase. It's impossible to beat an enemy with an outpost inside your head. Yeah. We are so quick to impose our own limits and silence, you know, others around us and just create an echo chamber in which we provide the things that we, the negativity, it's a cycle. And like, you're right. You're absolutely right. We trauma compare all the time. And I think that's where my personal opinion, I didn't everywhere, everywhere, whenever, you know, break the stigma, break the stigma for the last five years of my career. And especially whenever I was open about this campaign, I never, I did never experience the stigma because I had personal accountability to still do my job when I could. There was pieces of my job I couldn't do for a short period of time. I couldn't carry a pistol that's protocol, right? Like that's just standard protocol. Um, but I got it back like, because I self-developed, I held myself accountable to become better. I worked really hard before and after work. You know, I, I read a lot of books about a lot of things to just understand what is happening to me, you know, but that stigma I don't think it's imposed. I think it's self-imposed. I don't think I don't think it it's as big as what we like to see it. It's to the point where my and my peers are like, I get it. I get it. I hadn't actually ever thought about it that way. And um yeah, now you've downloaded it into my brain. You hacked me. <laughs> so um I think it that that's kind of how I am going to think about it because it's true that most of the things that most of the fears that people have about lots of things um, yep. it's 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 a confirmation bias they they believe the worst they want it to be that bad they want people to be horrible and so they're expecting it and sometimes it can be self-fulfilling because you can behave in a way that would make somebody be what you want them to be. So I am going, I've been chelsified. I'm in Porter fielded. Is that a, which one's a better verb? 
<laughs> oh, I have no idea. Okay. I don't know. I did stop myself from saying Porter felt because it's inappropriate. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. <laughs> but no. No, I mean, I know for a fact that you've changed that last bit. I mean, everything you said today is good. Um, I, I love the history of the guard. I love, um, but this last bit is super important. And I'm glad we we didn't try to interject because I think that's some amazing standalone audio. And um, that's it. I mean, I thank you for that audio because I, I you probably, and you'll never know if, if it's true or not, but you'll probably have saved lives. I mean, simple as that. Just with a perspective switch. Well, that's that's what I was hoping whenever I agreed to to just talk about it. It was still really fresh whenever um you know Jason Van Cleek was like, Hey, can you can you do these posters and we would start this campaign? I was like, Oh my god, I don't know, like I don't wanna talk about it though and he was like, We don't have to. I just need I just need someone to stand behind me. I was like, Okay, I can do that. I was like and every time I would talk about it or even think about it it would be tears and I was like okay I, I can't do this but it's to the point now I don't even I don't talk about like the specific details or what like, leading up to it sometimes I'll I did a um, I did do a podcast early on this year in January while I was still on active duty with um another NCO but sometimes I throw in humor right when it comes to like the inpatient aspect because we were all senior leaders in there with a bunch of like gowns and no strings and no shoes. And it was funny. It wasn't funny at the time. It's funny now. Yeah. But I can see you modifying yeah. it to, to fit tomb guard status. Well, this oh, absolutely. Shoulder <laughs> no, fit no, on no, this no, gown no. and no. <laughs> and 21 <laughs> stepping in the hallways or and doing things like that but Ashley, i i don't know what else we could ask but do you have any going out question i do i i want to ask what's next i know that you're an aspiring author an author excuse me and um i'd, I'd love to know what what it is you that you're that you're up to these days what's next um so the big thing for our society Society of the Honor Guard, Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, our web, our 501 Charlie, um, tombguard.org. We have the 100 year commemoration for Tomb Guard of the Military Guard uh, in 2026. And with that, um, uh, the aspiring authors. So there's a couple things I'm working on, but one of them is hope to be a full memoir book uh, from the guards to the American people of behind the scenes stories, uh, memoirs that they have. And what inspired me was while I was there, I had a elderly gentleman and his wife come down and they wanted to see our logbooks. We have keep everything in our logbooks from everything's analog. So that's real fun to go back. You know, think of a 1594, which is a log sheet, but in the big green book, right? And he asked, he's like, can I look at this? Uh, my son was born uh, on this date and we put it in the book. And I was like, oh, absolutely. 
So he and his wife went back and took a picture of it and it had his, you know, his son was born at the time when he was posted on the date. Um, but these stories, she told me a story, you know, when he was six weeks old, she would come up and stand at the end of South Change. This was before they had a vehicle and she would tell him as he's coming down, don't forget milk. She would turn around with the baby and walk back down the hill so he wouldn't forget milk to come home. You know, because going through COVID and going through the pandemic, the only way that it was uh, going to be successful there was if he had the family. So I wanted to include memoirs with the families, sons, the daughters, the wives, the husbands, the fiancés, everybody. Um, stories that the American people will never get to hear unless they hear it from a tomb guard. Hmm. Great mission. Well, I love it. So, oh, good. Are you a last follow up? Well, just wanted to say that's fantastic. I'm looking oh. forward to the collective ensemble you put together. And she wants to read another book. So, whenever you get absolutely, that yeah, she, yes, she, send it. She's one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a Marine. So, I want to thank you again, uh, Chelsea, for coming on today. Uh, I don't think I was being hyperbolic when I said that uh, what you said has a life-saving potential. And so I want to thank you on behalf of the American Legion, Tango Alpha Leon podcast, uh, all the alphas and any veteran who is going to come across this audio because at the very least, they need to be, consider shifting their perspectives. I just want to uh, apologize on your behalf to Ames, Iowa, that uh, you, you said in the middle of nowhere, small town like Ames, Iowa, they have a whole college there, ma'am. And uh, they have people. I don't know why I chose Ames, <laughs> Iowa. I have out of the blue. No offense, I've never been there. It just was <laughs> my head. It's <laughs> It's fine. I I'm, I always pretend like I'm running for big office. So I, I Ames, Iowa. Great. Go Ames. So thank you so much. Um, and oh, they have a past national commander. We're going to be canceled now. Thank you, Chelsea. <laughs> thank you, Chelsea. <laughs> uh, Rabine. Oh, I, I know him. And he's from Ames. And now I got to Okay. Well, thank you so much. We're going to, we're going to go talk about you now when you're not there. Um, I'm probably going to have, I mean, you only have very few deficiencies that we'll talk about and you will, you will pass, you will pass on to the test of getting the Tango Alpha Lima badge, not quite as prestigious, but it's a, it's a thing that I just made up. So. I'm all about collecting swag. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being our first guest from her car. Amazing. Honoring those who came before us. The American Legion pays perpetual respect for all past military sacrifices to ensure they are never forgotten by new generations. We are veterans strengthened in America. We are the American Legion. And Thoroughly impressed and feeling uh, uh, insignificant. What's your takeaway? Uh, always impressed. The fact that I had this serendipitous moment back in 2021 while she was still in charge, rocking and rolling as the uh, 
uh, the 38th Sergeant of the Guard, having an opportunity to meet her and now interview her. I just have these crazy moments and I'm like, wow, like small world, very serendipitous, but an incredible woman, incredible woman who has a beautiful message of, you know, accountability to, to self and others. And I, I think that that means the world to, to everyone who's going to, who's going to hear her today and will listen to her. So. Well, we just heard her. So. Well, I know we just heard her, but I'm for anyone who, you know, is listening that really skips like, to the end because they just want to hear rapid anyway. fire. I get it. Yeah. So rewind and listen to the interview. This <laughs> one is worth it. And you army people, you always talk about, I was a good soldier. I guess we say I was a good Marine, but I don't. Were you a good Marine? I was, I was actually mm. amazing. Oh, okay. Yeah. They really should put me in recruiting posters. Talking I get it. About I get, I understood what she meant though. I understood uh, what she meant. And you army people, you always talk about your soldiers as if they're your toys or your property. Just, <sighs> There were people, you know, like no, you it's take never, care of your it's people. never the people I work with. It's never my soldiers. Yeah. I love, it's, I mean, a, I love, it's a cultural thing of telling you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird thing for me, but she, for her, I actually believe that she spoke so much about taking care of people, uh, making sure they get the right pay. I do believe, and it's I don't, essential. I actually don't think it's a hierarchical thing. Like most people mean it, but they're trying to tell you, because I had people that were people that reported to me i don't think that's how she meant it at all she she probably considers her commanding officer her soldier if she's making sure they're getting paid and all the things are lining up and happening so i really appreciated that uh about her being and i'll say it she was uh was an exemplary soldier and continues to be a profound role model and mm -hmm. i assume a good mother the way she spoke about mothering and her mm -hmm. offspring you can just tell you know what i mean yeah. i don't have to witness it the way they talk about their kids no psychopath goes oh my god i'm just teaching and my kid's gonna do i'm gonna make sure that they're equipped like a crazy crazy person uh, no one more wire hangers would never say those things about <laughs> so good on her oh. for being a good soldier a good mom a uh, good role model and a great guest by the way yeah, very informative. So much, so much 20 detail. degrees. It's crazy. I, she's, out, she's out in her undisclosed vehicle in undisclosed location. 20 degrees. Crazy. <laughs> Making it happen for us. I, yeah. Now I think we need to make a fire or at least a rapid fire. Ooh, good transition, bud. Let's do it. All right. Marine Corps Reserve celebrates 75 years for Toys for Tots from MilitaryTimes.com. This holiday season, the Marine Corps Reserve is marking the 75th anniversary of its renowned Toys for Tots program. The national initiative, which began in 1947, collects and distributes toys for children whose families may not have the means to buy them for Christmas. So, love this program. Mm -hmm. we, we participate at my post, uh, we fill up, they bring you tall boxes and you throw un new unwrapped toys only, please. And and then the they come to our meeting and they pick it up and the ladies all go for the guy in the uniform because that's what they do. And they're like, you know, I used to wear that, right? And uh, it doesn't help, but I say it. And they they take and they distribute them to people. And this is the 75th anniversary so I'm putting it out there to you, Alphas. Please go to your post, talk to your adjutant, your commander, and 
Uh, if you have a children and youth chair in your post, let's let's make this happen this year. Let's really ramp up in a economy suffering. And I'm stretching for Ashley till she unmutes. And uh, in a in an economy that's down, making sure that these children have toys. You know, I can go on forever. Oh, I know you can. Here. I am. I'm back. I'm. Woo. And there they go. There they go. They're, those are my animals. It's been, they needed to make an appearance, I suppose. But uh, I am from very intimately familiar with the Toys for Tots program. Super excited for this, this anniversary. It's a big year, 75, 75 years. Um, and there's also a really cool Disney intertwined story that I think, uh, I think we explored when we interviewed uh, Kevin and Cappy. Uh, just to kind of do like a throwback for when we were at SVA last year. Um, and then we, we headed up everything, uh, with transition. So, uh, it just made me think about the design that Walt Disney like created and the intricacies of the military intertwined with the Marine Corps and this, this time honored Sorry. tradition. So there we go. That's my thoughts. And I, I apologize, ladies and gentlemen, for throwing in the URA. Uh, your, your speakers may not have been ready for that. And, uh, I apologize. All right. We're, we're going to go on to rapid fire number pew, pew, two. Pew uh, Pew 2 is NATO begins nuclear exercises amid Russia war tensions. This probably should have been in our Halloween episode because this is another thing that scares the poo poo doo doo number two out of me. Uh, NATO on Monday began its long planned annual, annual nuclear exercises in Northwestern Europe as tensions simmer over the war in Ukraine and Pre President Vladimir Putin's threats to use any means to defend. Russian territory. 14 of NATO's 13 member countries were due to take part in exercises, which a military alliance said would involve around 60 aircraft, including fighter jets and surveillance and refueling planes. The bulk of the war games will be held at least 1,000 kilometers, which is 625 miles for those of you who are American and speak American. That's 625 miles from Russia's borders. Scary? Not scary? What are you going? You're just terrifying. Oh. Terrifying. She came I, in hot. I came in hot. Okay. Coming in hot. This is wild. This is just, I don't know. At a certain point, I just get frustrated. It's like, I don't know. I just was hearing something today about there's like some, mm, I don't know. There's just words. Words, words, trying to formulate sentences. I just get really frustrated with the situation. Um, just, I don't know. I, I think I've said before, like my training and work that I did with Seaburn while I was military police, like I would rather be shot than ever have to respond to or stand on an exclusionary line outside of a nuclear disaster. Like this is the fallout on this is, no generational you know it's catastrophic to our environment and to mankind and it's just the fact that we're still you know mess around and find out you know if anyone's seen that you know that chart that video we're kind of at that point i mean I, I think the the best thing for the world right now is if if is if prez vlad or to cease to exist. I just honestly think that. I don't know if anybody needs to go unnaturally make it happen or just hope for 
the natural expiration, but he seems hell-bent on um, bringing us together in an unpleasant way. So yeah. I hope that he doesn't get to, and that's all I'm going to say about that because I'll just, I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole of of dooms of doomsday. Yeah. It's almost been a year. I mean, think about it. Yeah. And they ain't winning. They should lick their wounds and go home. That's all I'm saying. Too proud. They're proud people. It's and it's just a and they're being, lied, they're being lied to. So don't yeah. forget that. That's true. Yeah. Told it's that okay. they're winning. <sighs> all right. We're back mm. to one of my favorite places on the internet. What do you think it is? Anybody? Ooh, have a guess. Guess. Legion Town. Legion Town. Legion I'm Town. actually. I'm going to consider myself a resident and I'm putting my name in the hat to run for mayor of Legion town. So you should, uh, we can get yeah. you a t-shirt. We can get you a button. <laughs> All right. Elections around right. the one, you know, politics. my Legion town residents. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and ask for your support this time. I feel it's my calling to represent the people of Legion town. And we have something submitted by Casey Nash. Wait a minute. We talked about her. We referenced her earlier today, didn't we? Mm -hmm. AC Nash, she's in public relations. She's in Talma. Henry Howard, she's in Talma. She is loving all of that. And she's a first district commander. Casey Nash, you filled out the whole form. I know who you are so I can read your story. How can we make changes for veterans without knowing what we have been through? Each time this year that I visit a post in the first district department of Georgia as district commander, I talked to them about my personal story of why I joined the American Legion. I feel it's important to understand why, as a younger woman, I joined. Because I always get asked, how do you get younger members to join? Why did I join? And for the longest time, I avoided answering for personal reasons. Growing up, I knew I was always going to join the Army. When I joined in June 2001, I felt a sense of purpose in my life. Away from high school in the small town I grew up in, I watched 9-11 happen while I was in basic training. After training, I made my way to Fort Carson, Colorado, where I had my son in 2002 and daughter in 2005 and got married in 2006. I deployed as a truck driver, 88 Mike. Is that what truck driver, is that the MLS number? 88 Mike, 88 oh, Mike. Oh, yeah. 88 Mike, sorry. 88 Mike. Marine here, we don't do that. Uh, 88 Mike, twice to Iraq, 2003, 2004 and South Korea for a year without my family and left in 2007. When I came back to the United States in late 2008, I was stationed at Fort Hood. Let me interject and apologize on behalf of America that you had to serve at Fort Hood. And deployed again from 2009 to 2010. During my deployments, I earned multiple combat action badges and a Purple Heart. Uh, I lost three battle buddies throughout my deployment. My focus was on my mission, my battle buddies, and my soldiers. In 2012, when I was told I would have to medically retire from the Army, I thought I could be free of the sense of responsibility of continuous war and death. Uh, she goes on to tell you um, in, in, in detail how that's not necessarily true. In fact, her whole thing is, is explaining her why and her service to other veterans. Um, this, this is this is uh, a reason why I do like going to Legion Town. It's for uncovering these little stories like this. 
Ashley's muted, so I'm going to use this to extemporaneously go deep into the psychology of legiontown.org. Uh, these stories by real people living their real experiences are what the American Legion is all about. It's what makes us the best organization in the history of humankind. That's a bold statement, but I'm going to stand by it. And I and I I think when we band together and we come up with reasons why we serve each other. And because I don't think a veteran service organization means veterans getting served. I think it means veterans serving, which is why Veterans Strengthening in America is an apropos motto. I rhymed there sort of in, in, in bad poetry. So I, I do, I, I love this and I'm telling you, I, I've written for Legion Town. Uh, before any of these people on the screen even knew who I was because I felt that it's important for Legionnaires to tell our stories. Um, did you, are, are you, are you going to be able to come back or is it a, is it a bark fest over there? She's looking at me. Funny. It has, it has silenced for oh, a moment. Silence. I'm, I'm actually petting one of my dogs actively. So she will not act out. My dogs. My dogs. My girls. <laughs> Who let the dogs in? Ashley did, actually, by the way. Yeah, uh, I, I left the gate down, and now they're just roaming my basement, tearing nice. things apart, fighting. What do you, so what do you think about Casey Nash here? What do we think? I love it. I think this is a great story. I think you've really touched on why it's so important that we continue to share stories through Legion Town. And, um, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a nice, it's a nice forum. I enjoy it. Yeah, and I'm not going to stop talking about it. I know. As much as you guys, actually, if you make fun of me, I'm going to talk about it more. You have to edit me out. All right. Because I need to, I need to eat lunch and then I have to write a story for legiontown.org. So mm -hmm. can you, um, can you take us out? <laughs> They're laughing at me right now because they don't think that I will, but I will write a story for legiontown.org. Yes, I will. Oh my gosh. There's Caught me in a, a coughing fit. Goodness Did gracious! You say hot man made you cough. I get it. No, I said you caught me in a coughing fit there for a moment. Oh my God! I hear what I hear. I hear what I hear. Yeah, you hear what you want to hear. But I know what our alphas need to hear is don't forget to subscribe to the Tango Alpha Lima podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are consuming your podcasts. Please leave us a review and give us a big old five-star rating so that the world knows how much you adore us. Also, if you do have a guest recommendation, we'd love to hear it. Please go to legion.org backslash Tango Alpha Lima and click on the suggest a guest link. That was actually really lovely thank you yeah Got i would a lot of practice. recommendation for book on tape right now thank you i would love to do voiceovers i think i would do well and you would, not when i'm love, sick and raspy but like, you love to read so i reading, do and you love to hear yourself talk i so do both of those things would go together if you did a book on i tape. know <laughs> one plus one equals two or 11 depending on perspective oh. anyway alphas i want to i want to let you know we are in the fall season this is the harvest season the military did the planting of the seed early and now it's time for you to harvest your veterans to being alphas where they've grown up in the military they've served their country and now they're one of us and now they should be the best of us spread the word of this story create an alpha out of a normal <laughs> veteran and you will be doing service to community state 
and nation. And with that, I'm going to boldly declare Season 3, Episode 132, Mission. Mission.